continue with um, our vision for Amazing Love as we look at the next year. Um, as a part of this church, we do have a leadership team. And if you're on the leadership team, if you could please stand, um, leadership team members. We've got Phil, we got Lauren, and these are people you can talk to uh, besides, again, uh, just Brian. Uh, but now it's my privilege to introduce Brian Patempa as we talk about our vision to reach the lost for the next year. Uh, Brian Patempa is currently our president, an awesome man who I know God is going to use powerfully. Um, so if, if you could give uh, him your attention during these moments. So Brian Patempa. All right. Good morning, everybody. Can everyone hear me okay? I've never used one of these before. Amazing love. So this is new to me. And uh, sorry, Pastor, we didn't do the chest bump or the Top Gun high five we talked about earlier, but uh, I'll, I'll get one later from you. I know where you'll be. You'll be by the, the donut table, of course. Uh, but let me first start by just saying thank you to all of you. I know that time is very precious on Sunday morning, so I really appreciate the time that uh, you've given to me to to share a little bit of the thinking that uh, our leadership team and, and Pastor and I have been noodling on. And while we don't have all the answers yet, we uh, still feel that we're going in the right direction of continuous improvement with this church. Uh, Pastor did mention that uh, I've been elected the president, and I serve all of you in the capacity of, of president. Uh, but in order to do that, and do that well, I need to do a little bit of research on our church. And so I've dug deep into some of our history from the beginnings in the basement of the Oldenburg's house uh, to where we are today. A quarter of a million dollar offering budget, a million dollar in assets. We've come a long way, folks, a really long way. Uh, and I realize that uh, not everyone here are members. We've got some visitors in the house. So as Pastor mentioned, welcome. Uh, we're a very welcoming church, and it's a privilege to have you guys here with us. And in my opinion, your perspective is the most important. So please don't hold back. We want to hear from you. We'd love to hear if we're on the right path. Uh, so I am a businessman. I took a very businessman approach to this with a Microsoft PowerPoint presentation. But I tried to make it a little fun. So you guys ready to have some fun? All right, so we're going to start off with a question. What do these three words have in common? OK, pretty easy. We're in church. We're all church words, right? But I think there's more. Let's listen. God's plan. God's plan. I hold back sometimes. I Tell me who's going to save me from this hell. Without you, I'm not alone. Who's going to pray for me? Take my pain. Everybody's talking about heaven like they just can't wait to go. Saying how it's going to be so good, so beautiful. So you've heard it. God's plan, pray for me, and heaven. They are all church words, but they are all in today's hottest billboard hits. Why do I think this is important? I think this is a witnessing opportunity. I think witnessing opportunities are around us every day. God gives us plenty of them, and we just need to seek the opportunity to witness with something as simple as seeing one of the church words in today's hottest billboard hits, God's plan. You don't have to be a hardcore, heavy a rap fan, but if you see someone singing the song, plug it. What, do you know who God is? Do you know what God's plan is for you? I, I know what God has in store for me. Can I tell you a little bit about that? Or, or, or maybe uh, you're, you're sitting next to a country boy at a country concert, 
and you hear the, the song Heaven Come On, and, and you plug there, you plant the seed. Do you know what heaven is? Do you know if you'll be there? I'm confident I will be there. I, I listen to a pastor, a phenomenal pastor, talk about things like heaven and God's plan and, and prayer and ultimately Jesus' message every Sunday, and you take out your phone and you show them the app. Look, you want to sample some of his powerful sermons? It's there for you. I think if we want to be the church of tomorrow, we have to start acting like Christians of tomorrow and stop relying on what got us here because what got us here is not going to get us there. And as Pastor did say earlier, it's not about us. It's not about the president or the, or, or the pastor or the leadership team. It's all about what God does through all of us. But we are the ones responsible for planting that seed. The rest is up to God. So my next question, how well do you know your church? So I needed to dig a little bit into our history. So I'm going to share some statistics with you. We're turning a decade already, 10 years old, amazing love. And yes, Pastor B, that is a giant-sized, cream-filled donut birthday cake, just for you, buddy. Some more statistics. We have 106 families, or 319 total members right here in our church. Do you know what the average American Wells Church is? That average is 280. We are already greater, bigger, than the average Wells Church in America. Look at the bars off to the right there. That is our average weekly attendance, the number of chairs filled in our church every Sunday. Now, the number is early, 150, but it's already looking like a 20, 20, let me see my note here, 21% increase over prior year. Do you know what the average Wells Church in America is? A little less than 40%. We're already at 50% of what I'll call our loyalty rate, the number of members coming to our church. And I'm not saying that to brag. Our church is no better than any other church. But knowing who we are, we can use that, our strengths, to learn how we need to deliver on our mission. So what good is a presentation without a minion picture? And I did this for uh, my nephews, Hunter and Caden. And I didn't give you just one, I gave you two. And you can see off to the left here, we've got our minion with the diaper on. And our excited minion with his big boy pants on. And my message here is I think we need to act like a big boy church and put our big boy pants on. And what that means is being responsible, doing our part in the synod, sharing some of the best practices of the remarkable things that have happened in, over the first decade of our existence, and participating in synod-sponsored events as well so that we can become better Christians ourselves to witness better out in the real world. And finally, it's delivering on our mission with excellence. Giving time to participate in our community and be more locally relevant in our own backyard. And doing that primarily with very limited volunteer resources. That's, that's clearly a challenge in any not-for-profit organization. All right, so I do have a development background, so uh, I did take a development approach to this slide. All of those red dots there, those are called pin drops, and that's you and me, all of our locations. And you can see we span over 28 cities and even a couple of states. That's all of us. If I were to draw a circle around all of us, that circle would be 97 miles long in diameter, a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Do you know what the average drive for an individual to church is in America? 12 minutes, 12 minutes. If I were to redraw the circle now, 
with a 12-minute radius, that would only pick up 36 of us. 30 and, and if I were to apply our loyalty rate of about 50%, that means 18 chairs are filled every single week. Powerful statement, powerful statistic. I think we have to be more to be relevant in our own backyard. And Pastor does tell us time and time again that outreach is the most powerful tool, just extending the invite. But I think it's more than just the invite. I think we have to do more than just the verbal outreach, the verbal invitation. And there's a tremendous opportunity through social media and other avenues. And that's how we need to change how we got here today to get to where God wants us to go tomorrow. Remember this slide? 150 average weekly attendance. Number looked pretty good, right? If we were to look back just another year, we actually had a, dec a decrease of about 3%. So while this 150 number does look good, we did have a record Holy Week, our highest attendance on Holy Week ever. Why is this important? We have to look at where we came from and use those as early warning signs to figure out how we can become better for tomorrow. We know that we've got some members that are leaving through job transfers and relocations, and that happens in every church. That's natural. But we need to fill those gaps, and we need to do, to do that now. I'm not saying any of these statistics to scare anyone here, but rather it's a call to action for each and every one of us to do our part in God's world. One more statistic here. So I took a very old-school approach. I actually sat down next to a computer, and I Googled, if I'm a new person moving to Frankfurt, and I wanted to find a, a new church home, I Googled it. You know what I found? A compelling statistic. 30 pin drops. There's 30 churches in our backyard. 30. I also read Money Magazine, and in there was an article on best places to live, and Frankfurt was on that list. There's 19,000 people, a population of 19,000 people in Frankfurt, and Frankfurt is growing. Remember, we have 36 people in our congregation that are in Frankfurt. That's less than a 1% penetration in our own backyard. I think there's an opportunity to be relevant. So who doesn't recognize a slide like this, right? This is the reality of today. There's 8 billion mobile devices in the world, or 7 billion people. That's more than one mobile device per person in the world. In the U.S. alone, we have 330 million people. There's going to be, in just two years from now, one billion mobile devices. That's more than three mobile devices per person in America. And if I go back to the globe, 70% of the globe, 70% uses a mobile device. I think this is a space that we need to play well in. And so we as a leadership team have dedicated, we've been intentional about it. We're not just talking the talk, we're putting resources behind this. We want to be relevant in this space because the invite, going back to the pin drops on our locations, is it realistic for 66% of our congregation to be witnessing when the average expectation of someone driving to church is 12 minutes? So we've got to be intentional about social media and we've created a budget line is exactly for this, and this is where we need your help. We know we have the expertise in-house, and Ryan Reed has done a fantastic job creating an app for us, and he's even told us, Ryan, this is just the start. We need to take it to a whole new level, and I couldn't agree more with him. So I'm not an HR person. I'm going to lean very heavily on my brother and, and his wife, uh, HR experts in the industry. I think uh, 
we have to be careful about the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is that 20% of a church volunteers do 80% of the work, and that scares me. That statistic really scares me. If I were to think of what an org chart for our church looks like, it'd be something like this. We've got the leadership team all off to the side here, and we've got a lot of heavy lifting by one person. I think there's got to be a more realistic, even share of responsibilities here. I don't know if this is the right answer, but this is where I'm going to challenge the leadership team to think about where we can go, where we can all play our part in driving the church to the future and share responsibilities. Forgot about that. My apologies. (laughs) But I know there's a lot of fantastic people in this church that already serve, and, and all of you that serve and all of these teams, you're the ones that inspired me when I first joined this church. Because for the first time, I saw people in a church that did it with heart, not out of obligation, and I love that. And we could use more of that. In fact, we've even created the new team I just called out there, the Blue Line, the social media. That's a new group. We don't have anyone that can lead that yet. We'd love to hear from you if you've got interest and expertise in this area. All right, now we'll get into hardcore stuff, and I'll be very cognizant of our time. I'm running a little thin here. We'll talk about where we came from, some statistics. So last year was a year of big bets, and we had bigger challenges that we realized midstream, and we we realized we needed an audible. We were chasing after a second service. We dabbled in a test, and we realized we we weren't ready for it. We also tried a second called worker, and we were intentional about saying if we hit this offering number and these statistics, we'll chase down that path. We realized we weren't ready for it. And Pastor has reminded us that God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. So we feel God was telling us we weren't ready. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop here. We're going to try and see how we can get ready. We also, as I mentioned before, have a couple of key membership losses. We had three key positions that had turnover this year. We filled them, and we filled them with what I think is going to elevate us to a new level. And the people that served in those previous roles, very grateful for your time and effort. You have done a fantastic job and have already set the bar pretty high for us. Uh, So another record year in offerings, but it's a tale of two stories. We also really stretched ourselves. We set a budget of $275,000, and we came up a little short. So this is information that the leadership team used to roll up our sleeves, and I couldn't be more proud of the team that was in that room rolling up our sleeves, getting dirty into the budget numbers. We split up the budget for the first time ever into sections so we could all play our part in driving tomorrow. And we learned where we came from with each one of those numbers, what drove them. And we applied fiduciary screen to everything to make sure that all of the dollars that God gifts to us, that we are using for his purpose. So the ministry plan, and I know most of you have seen this before. That's one of the things that Pastor walked you through when you joined the church. Uh, Our mission statement, Reach the Lost with the Love of Christ, Pastor mentioned it to to us earlier today. I love this mission statement. It's so crisp. It's so simple. We're not trying to do too much. We're trying to do one thing, reach the lost with the love of Christ. And while we will change to be more relevant for today, more modern, we'll never change the most important part, a biblical approach, teaching and preaching the word of God in its truth and purity. But some of the other core values, aligning with our mission, We need to be inviting. We need to extend the invite to folks in our own community. I even do it overseas on my trips. They don't have to actually show up in church, but the most important part of us witnessing is that we may see them in heaven one day. 
uh, bringing our best. If we're going to do something, we don't just put people in a role. We put aces in their places because at the end of the day, we're serving God. Uh, and we're an outward-focused church. Uh, you can see all around you. Everything that we do, we try to be inviting to the outside, not accommodating to our inward people because we're already here. We're already saved. It's about reaching those that aren't yet. Uh, so for guests, yeah, of course, we need to create awareness in the minds of our guests. And that's not just verbal anymore. We're going to go beyond verbal. Uh, bring them to worship. They meet with pastor, and we start starting for them. They get to learn a little bit about us and our church. Becoming a member, well, we still have the opportunity to serve. Uh, continue to worship, get into our Bible, serving God with our hearts, not out of obligation. And finally, join small groups, because we're all on the same team. We're all on God's team. So finally, the numbers, and I want to emphasize we are not a church that focuses purely on numbers, statistics, analytics, or our budget. Our, while it will provide us valuable input into our strategy, our mission solely drives our strategy. Uh, one other interesting big success story from last year, in less than one year, we created what's called a love tap. This is our branding of our our push for encouraging families to partake in Christian education. So A-Love is Amazing Love, TAP is Tuition Aid Program, that's our branding of A-Love TAP. And in just less than one year, the leadership team set up a special task force. We got bylaws created, we got a constitution set up, we had two accounts strictly set up for the use of this account, and $5,000 in less than one year went into this account. Not out of Amazing Love's pockets, but all of yours. All of you feel as moved and as passionate about supporting the children of the future with God's word. We actually had some requests, and that, I mean, this is the beauty of this program. All in one year, we got the funding and the requests, and we were able to put our money where our mouth is and help families push children into a Christian education. And the most important part here, uh, we've got some school matching school stepped up and said, wow, as a church, you guys are doing this? We want to match that. And we know how high school costs are. In, in, public, in, in private schools, they could be as low as $3,000, which is still a big ding, but as high as $27,000 a year. So I'm very passionate about this, uh, and I thank all of you for all of the support that you've given for this program. And we've got advertisements out in the back, and we can give any time, uh, but the request for aid is only once a year, according to our Constitution. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for all, of, uh, all of you to help with that program. Uh, so the impact of the budget itself. So I'm going to step over to the cider and read some of our numbers. Outreach, while this one did ding me a little bit, we are an outreach church. We needed to be fiscally responsible. So it was using the money in this category and just reallocating it to make sure it was going for the highest and best use purposes. So we had a slight decline here, uh, but we did start a new fund for our, our app, upping our app efforts and social media awareness. Uh, worship, youth ministry, still one of the most important things about this church, our music, our youth ministry. We wanted to make sure that we did some right-sizing and just be fair uh, across the screen with the way that we, uh, we threw our resources towards that. Discipleship, we had quite a bit of a decrease here, and this was really just, again, repurposing. Instead of using funds out of Amazing Love's budget, we now have the account set up. So that replaced a lot of this. So that's why you see such a big decrease here. Facilities, uh, just looking at history and, and the ongoing run rate of our uh, things like utilities and stuff. And then staffing, you know, this is not new to any organization. Payroll costs are on the increase. Healthcare costs are on the increase. 
Uh, so that's why you see the numbers increasing there. So overall, a slight decrease, 270,000 is our budget for next year versus the 275 stretch budget that we had last year. Yes, that 270,000 is still a stretch for us. And I don't want to go over all the details. We have a very strong balance sheet. If we do realize midstream, we're not able to deliver on that 270,000 stretch budget, we still have a very strong balance sheet with a, quite a bit of cash to dip into if we needed to. So I'll end with where I started another question. When you, when you look at a clock, uh, what do you think of? Clock's always on, it's always running, right? And that's where I think we need to be. We always need to be on with our A game of witnessing. And again, it doesn't matter if they end up actually being a statistic in our church, but rather being there with us in heaven at the end of the day. So thanks everyone for your time, appreciate it.